We read together to remind us of where we are going, that is towards Jesus, allowing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the family of God to form a fidelity of allegiance to him alone. Please read aloud with me as we confess this together. We believe the gospel is the good news that God our Father, the Creator, out of his great love for us, has come to rescue us from sin, Satan, death, and hell, and to renew all things in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, to establish his kingdom through his people who participate in loyal allegiance in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is for God's great glory and our profound joy. Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Church. My name is Matthew. If we haven't had a chance maybe yet to meet one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to open up some scripture. And so if you would, join me in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to be today. If you have your phone with you and like to follow along digitally, you can scan a QR code on the screen. It'll take you to a spot uh, where you can follow along, read the scriptures, take some notes on your own, even email them to yourself if you'd like. And while you're turning to Matthew 9, I just want to say a big thank you to all of uh, those of you who financially uh, give uh, here at Faith Church week in and week out on a consistent basis. This week, we're going to be able to uh, write a, a large check to our schools and our two elementary schools here in USD 234. We're able to take care of all of the school supplies that those kids are going to need this year again. And so I just want to say one praise God for that. Uh, This is one of the ways we as a church reach in into our community, be present with no strings attached as we give the love of God in really tangible ways. And uh, those of you who are, who are giving generously week in and week out, uh, that allows us to do those things. And we together get to do those things and we're grateful for it. Matthew chapter 9, we're, we're starting in, in verse 18 today. Going to finish out the, the chapter as we uh, go to another episode of the King Jesus gospel, walking through the gospel of uh, according to Matthew and looking at Jesus as king and the kingdom of God that he came to pronounce. And today as we read the scripture, I'm going to ask you to do something that, that we don't often do, but we do it periodically. And that's stand physically, uh, if you can, for the reading of God's word. I'm going to read out. You can follow along. And we're standing for some very specific reasons. We stand, one, to physically demonstrate honor for God's word. Two, we stand in physical participation because God's word requires that we submit our bodies to his truth in every way. And so this is a physical way that we can show honor and show our way of of coming under what God's word says. So Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 18, this is what it says. You can follow along with your eyes, either there in front of you or on the screen. It says this. As Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said. But you can bring her back to life if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith 
has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. This girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. Pause. Uh, Jesus and, and the New Testament writers often refer to people who have died as fallen asleep and they do it intentionally to remind us that those whose lives have been given to Christ though we taste death in this life there is a coming physical resurrection that we get to experience and Jesus was reminding us and introducing us to that fact but the crowd laughed at him. I don't recommend you laugh at Jesus, but whatever. After the crowd was put aside, however, Jesus went in. He took the girl by the hand and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. After Jesus left the little girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. And they went right into the house where Jesus was staying. And Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were open and they could see Jesus. Now Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anybody about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Oh, nothing like this has ever happened in all of Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said, he can cast out demons because he's empowered by the prince of demons. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we join with those who couldn't see and we just say, Son of David, would you have mercy on us? We need your mercy today, Jesus. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you today as we hear your word, receive it, apply it, and begin to live in faithful allegiance to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Hey, you can be seated. Thank you. I have seen God do miraculous things more times than I probably can recount. I remember seeing a lady whose eyes were closed and never opened and God miraculously healed and she could see. I remember seeing a lady bound by a wheelchair. We prayed and she got up and started walking. I remember seeing a withered hand and we prayed and the hand became straightened again. I, I've been in numerous places where um, evil spirits and those demonically oppressed began to manifest in our midst and um, prayer and taking the name of Jesus, and they were set free. I've seen the miraculous move of God so many times that I cannot deny that Jesus heals. I believe that the God of the Bible and the Jesus we read in the scriptures is alive and working today. I believe that, that he is the healer. That doesn't maybe meet you with great faith because perhaps your experience has led you to more skepticism than faith in the Savior. 
Maybe you're one of those like me who has also seen many people whom you love die still facing an illness. The reality is that sin and sickness exist in our world. Why is it that some got healed and not everybody got healed? How many times had Jesus walked past these blind men, but yet they had never been healed? How many times had this mute man been around and not been healed? How many times had, had this woman with the issue of blood, Jesus passed by? How many times had Jesus walked the same streets, but yet it was this unique moment when healing came? I do believe that Jesus heals. I believe that when the truth of the kingdom of God meets the timing of the king, the will of heaven is experienced on this earth. I just said a theological mouthful and I'm not going to unpack it. You can just chew on it and go back and think about it later this week. Jesus healed many who were sick and ill. It's just happened. It's who he was. It was part of his proclamation and announcement of the kingdom. Now, in the Jewish thought and mind in the day of Jesus, the the Jews had this thought that said sickness has to be a work of judgment on an individual because of sin somewhere in their life. You see this show up in uh, John chapter 9 when Jesus and his disciples are walking by a man who scripture tells us he was born blind. And, and the disciples uh, standing next to this man said, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents that he would be experiencing this judgment, which the Bible is full of like little humorous moments like, hey guys, he's blind, he's not deaf. Like, he can hear you. You realize that, right? And Jesus says, you are missing the point. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. The question you should be asking is not who sinned, but rather how can God's kingdom and glory show up in this man's life? You're asking the wrong, you're asking the wrong question. Your eyes are trying to figure out what they did wrong. I'm trying to help you see that the Savior is present and wants to do a work in his life. You're asking the wrong, you're asking the wrong question. See, I do believe that Jesus, this is the only time Jesus ever points out to cause of sickness. But all of his other teaching and preaching would lead us to believe and see that sin and sickness in our world was a result of the fallenness of our world, the evil present in our world, and the impact of Satan's work in our lives because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And that when God created the heavens and the earth, he created this good world, a beautiful world where man and and where humanity can dwell and live with God in relationship. But mutiny showed up and sin showed up. And because of the rebellion of man, sickness and sin and death and decay entered into the story. And all that God created that was good and holy and wholesome began to fragment and pull apart. And you see the brokenness of humanity show up again and again as a result of this thing. I believe that sickness is less about personal sin and judgment than it is the effect of the curse on the earth because evil is present. Sickness and disease, I believe, is a direct infliction from Satan. It can be a direct result of a fallen world and it can be a direct result of our decisions and choices that we make. 
Scripture does give us some very clear direction as it relates to what do we do with our bodies. Scripture tells us that your body, your physical body, is the temple in which God's Spirit wants to dwell. And when we live against the ways of God with our physical bodies, we, uh, we bring dishonor into the temple where God's spirit longs to dwell. And when we dishonor God's body, dis-ease and dysfunction begin to happen within. Think about it. 1 Corinthians 11 says it like this, that unforgiveness and bitterness will manifest in sickness. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul's giving instructions on how to come to the Lord's table. And he says, many of you are sick and even falling asleep, i.e. dying. And not being healed because you are coming to the Lord's table incorrectly. How were they coming? They were coming with unforgiveness and bitterness and evil division towards other people. Because the table of the Lord is supposed to be the common union that we have with one another. And because of relational fractures and dysfunction and and bitterness and unforgiveness, sickness was showing up and manifesting physically. We see that there are natural or environmental reasons why our bodies become physical. Think, Think about it. Sometimes it's an issue of just simply age. As age goes, certain things begin to function differently. We have natural or environmental reasons like viruses. Sometimes a lack of personal hygiene can create disease in your body. And sometimes it's simply because places in certain worlds, they don't have access to clean water, which creates sickness and disease, a very practical thing. Sometimes it's bad choices. Go run and roll around some poison ivy. And for those of you who are allergic to poison ivy, that's not Satan's work. That's stupidity. (laughs) You're doing something physically that's just not a good choice for your physical body. Of course, we could talk about unhealthy eating styles. We could talk about not getting enough sleep. We could talk about not having proper um, water intake in your body. We could talk about all sorts of other practices. We could talk about other substances that we introduced to our bodies that weren't meant to be in our bodies, such as tobacco. We could talk about how, whether it is that you uh, inhale it with a a smoke or you electronically pretend to inhale it with an e-cigarette, you chew it or you patch it to your body. Nicotine has a way of getting into your bloodstream and doing damage eventually to your body. There are things that we do. Too much sugar can do damage to your body. This is not a statement about what the scale reads. This is not a weight thing. This is a health thing. And when we don't do the right things with our bodies, there are some natural ramifications of those things. But that's not the only reason why we experience this in our body. The, the Bible is clear. I believe that it's also a result of Satan's activity in our lives. These demonic evil things that occur in our lives. Friends, I do believe that it's important that we recognize that the cause of sickness is less important than correctly seeing Christ as the cure. 
I think when it comes to the practical things, we need to have some wisdom. But ultimately, no matter the sickness, disease, or illness, or time that we're experiencing in our lives, we need to recognize that Christ is the cure. We are not the healer. God is the healer. When we pray for sickness, we pray for people. We don't pray for symptoms. We're praying for people to encounter the love of God and see Christ work in their life and in their midst. We're not praying for symptoms to dissipate or disappear. I think healing isn't only physical because there's a soul attached to yourself. There's a spirit that needs to be redeemed and matured through discipleship. Some of you might sit there and say, Pastor, we see all these miracles in the Bible. Why why don't we see miracles like that here in America so much? Well, I have several thoughts and I'm not going to share them all with you today. But I will say this, I think sometimes we don't see miracles in our midst because our ego would then turn Christ into a consumption that we can commodify and manufacture and monopolize in some way and we would forget the Savior just because we want to see the symptoms gone. And God is longing for you to see him as the savior of your soul, the savior of your life, and the savior of your body. Which means what we do with our spirits, what we do with our souls, and what we do with our bodies matters to the health and wholeness that Jesus longs to provide. I think it's really interesting here in Matthew chapter 9, the types of sicknesses and the types of things that Jesus did. You see in the very beginning of Matthew 9, a man with physically broken legs is met with a miracle only after Jesus met his spiritual need for forgiveness and wholeness. There's an internal affliction uh, met with deliverance for a woman. There is death met with resurrection of sorts. There is blindness met with eyes being opened because of faith to see Jesus correctly. And there was a mute man who was overrun by demonic power who experienced absolute freedom in a moment. And he then began to speak where he had never spoken as we know of. I believe that what Matthew is trying to do in the writing in Matthew chapter 8 and 9 especially is help us understand this big idea. And here it is. Don't miss this point. Healing is a promise of the coming kingdom of God. Healing, spirit, soul, and body is a promise of the coming kingdom of God. In Matthew 9.35, if we were to keep reading, you would see this verse. It says, Matthew is kind of like summarizing. This is like the second or third time so far in the gospel of Matthew that he gives us a summary statement recapping what has happened and reminding us of what's going on. And they all sound very similar. It says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing what? The good news about the kingdom. What was Jesus doing? He was proclaiming the gospel that the kingdom of God has now come near and is on its way into the entrance of our world. That he is the king and the heir and the one who is set right in the kingdom. Jesus came announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed... Everybody say healed. He healed every kind of disease and illness. Now, I thought it was interesting that it it differentiated disease and illness. Aren't those the same thing? Disease and illness, disease. Why why didn't you just say he healed everybody? 
Why don't you just say, everybody who had a problem, he heals. Why, I, it, it specifically mentions something because I think he is trying to underscore something. I believe that disease is a physical sickness or a lack of wholeness within your person. Illness is an affliction of some kind that is attacking you. Illness attacks and disease is just the result of a physical sickness. In the Greek, there are uh, four primary words used in the New Testament for this idea of healed, health, wholeness. He healed them, healings. Four words, and uh, those of you who have been around Faith Church know I love to dig into the Greek and get a little Greeky with you. So here we go. I'm going to get a little Greeky with it. The first is the word sozo, which means to save, deliver, and make well. This often was used whenever something demonic was present and there was a deliverance that occurs. Sozo, saved. This is also where we get our word saved from. Rescued from something. Rescued from a dark dominion. Those of you Bible scholars, you're already ahead of me. You remember the verse in the New Testament. that says he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and delivered us into his marvelous light. The word, the next word is hygiano. It's just simply talking about a state of wellness or wholeness. In other words, it's the difference between being healed, sozo or other words, and being healthy. The state of wholeness and, and, and togetherness. Then you have iomai, uh, which means to mend towards wholeness. It's the process of mending, especially with a spiritual connotation. This is where we get in 1 Corinthians 12, gifts of healing. Pause. I'm going to give you another little thing for you Bible nerds out there. You can go read 1 Corinthians 12. And when, the Holy, uh, when Scripture is giving us a list of gifts of the Spirit, I believe that he gives us gifts of the Spirit. But the only one of the gifts that is pluralized is the one called gifts of healing. Why, do it, why is that, Pastor? Because there are multiple avenues through which God wants to bring healing. God does not give people the gift of healing. He gives the gift of healing through people to someone else. Then you get to the word therapio, which means to heal or restore, provide care to improve a situation. This is used to describe a general process of healing. That's what this Greek word means. This word is the one word used the most, almost double of any other word in the New Testament. I believe all of these different words being used within the New Testament especially point to that, point to the fact that healing is not only physical, but it entails the whole person being made well, a process as well as a sense of freedom. It is a wholeness that Jesus came to bring. Why? Because healing, spirit, soul, and body is a promise of the coming kingdom. The kingdom that has been now inaugurated in Jesus but has not yet fully been experienced and taken place everywhere in our world yet. We are still in the now, but not yet, as theologians say. I believe that Jesus and his kingdom, that there is healing available. And I believe that Jesus heals medically. I believe that Jesus heals us naturally. I believe that Jesus is the healer progressively. And I believe that he heals miraculously. 
Jesus healed instantly. There were miracles recorded in scripture where he healed instantly. Like the blind man, the lame man, and the little girl in our text. Jesus healed by rescuing, sozo, delivering someone from an affliction. Like the bleeding woman and the mute man. Jesus healed progressively as people obeyed his instruction they were healed as they went. I think healing can be a process. Sometimes it's instant. But often it's a process. I think that it's one of those realities that when we pray in faith for somebody, the seed of the healing is initiated. And it's as our faith of obedience to respond and pursue the Savior that as we go, often healing then occurs. Again, I, I can't help but notice the link between the Greek word therapeuo and our English word therapy. That there is often a process to where there is something that God does, something that we do, and often something that others help to do in the process. I think we need to be less concerned about how Jesus wants to heal and keep our eyes on the Savior as the healer. Healing can be a process. I find it interesting in Luke chapter 17. This just, just messed with my head this last week. Luke 17 verses 1 through 10. They're having this discussion and the disciples looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, can you, can you teach us to increase our faith? Because it seems like everything that you're doing and seeing the kingdom arrive and seeing the kingdom established and, and experiencing the promises of the kingdom, it seems like all of that is, it requires faith. And it does. And they're like, help us increase our faith. And then Jesus doesn't actually give them a step one, step two, or step three. He tells them a few stories that illustrate a couple principles. Here are the principles. He says, if you want to increase your faith, walk in obedience and stay grateful. Okay. And you'll see faith grow. What is faith? Faith is the ability to believe correctly about who Jesus is. And as a result of that correct belief, a heart of adoration, affection, and allegiance leads us to pursue that truth known as the man Jesus. It's an allegiance of our life. Not just an intellectual agreement that we have with truth. Let me give you a few illustrations as to how healing comes. And just like the kingdom of heaven is here, but yet it's not fully here. Often healing is fully here, is here, but it's not yet fully seen in our bodies. Uh, several, several years ago, I had uh, something happen and I don't remember what caused that. I, I just remember that over time in my left hand, especially my index finger and my thumb, it had a large amount of swelling, like firm, solid rock, like extra blood, something. And it, I mean, it was out an extra inch and a half on both my thumb and my finger. It made it incredibly excruciating to work on a computer and to try to play the guitar. I just, it was hindering so much. I had z almost no flexibility in my, my index finger and my thumb. And I remember praying, 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 God, would you heal me? God, would you take it away? I remember going and having people lay their hands on me. And, and I remember praying, praying, praying. But it, it, it's interesting that 
It was one of those things that as I kept my eyes on Jesus and kept my faith in Christ, rather than trying to look at the symptoms, I just kept my eyes on the Savior. Over time, and I do mean over time, like a period of a few years, it's completely gone. I had no procedure. I didn't take any medicine necessarily. There was nothing happened. It was just some very practical things that I did. And I kept my eyes on Jesus in the midst. Went to the chiropractor, made sure I was drinking plenty of water, started to get into some stretching. And somewhere in the midst of all of those things, the kingdom of God was fully realized in the situation. Let me give you another one. It's much more recent. Several weeks ago, I was preaching and I was talking about how I was, how I was waiting for my, my prescription sunglasses to arrive and I was really antsy and I was like, come on, man, you get th- these things were expensive. Let's get these sunglasses here. And, and the reason why I was getting some prescription sunglasses was because I have been experiencing something called optical migraines where um, as I'm out and about, especially outside in my right eye and particularly certain uh, black spots will just kind of float across my eye and I'll have like almost, almost like partial blackouts in one eye. Not a full eye, just like partial things. And, and I've come to realize that it's something called, called optical migraines. And uh, there was a gentleman who had been visiting our church and he came up after one of the messages that day and he said, hey, I feel like God wants me to tell you that he wants to heal your eyes completely. And I just thanked him for uh, sharing the word of God with me, what he felt God was saying. And the Bible says that anytime somebody gives us a prophetic word that we need to judge it and we need to examine it to see whether it lines up with God's word, it lines up with what God is saying and doing. And so I just said, thank you so much. And I went home and I just began to pray on it. I said, Lord, what do you want? What are you saying to me through this? Is this, what are you saying? What are you not saying? And while the man was talking about my eyesight completely being stored, what I felt the Lord was saying was I want to hear those optical migraines. I said, Lord, how do you want to heal them? He says, keep your eyes on me and wear your sunglasses when you're outside. But Lord, I need it to happen now. Somewhere along the way, it's not really about the symptom. It has to start being about the Savior. Somewhere along the way, we need to stop looking at the symptoms and start recognizing the Savior in whom we believe. Why? Because not only is healing a promise of the coming kingdom, you need to know that healing is meant to lead us to a wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, There's a verse in 1 John that says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That word prospers and health are linked to the Greek word um, irene and to the Hebrew word shalom, which means peace. Peace in the scripture is not an absence of something. Rather, it is the wholeness that comes as a result of the presence of a person. His name is Jesus. So when we talk about the peace of God leading you, the peace of God showing up, going in grace and peace, what we're talking about is that we're growing in the presence of Jesus in a way that makes what is missing whole, what has been dysfunctional, functional, in a way that has bring what has been anxious now at peace because it's the presence of Jesus that shows up and peace is there. It's a wholeness, not a missing something. It's the wholeness of God, spirit, soul, and body. It's the soundness of your life that Jesus is after. James chapter 5 hints at this too. 
James chapter 5, verse 13 and 18, it says this. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? Uh, you should pray. Are any of you happy? Oh, you should sing praises. Gratitude. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Friends, here you're our elders and our leaders in our church, we have commissioned a group of leaders. They're called the prayer team. Every Sunday, they are available after service to my left, your right, for you to go to and say, would you pray for me? And they will lay hands on you. They will anoint you with oil. And they will pray a prayer of faith over you. Pastor, why do we have to go do that? Why can't I just pray at my home? Oh, you can. But there is something of humble obedience that is required when you physically get up. Everybody's walking that way and you're walking this way so that you can have an encounter with the Savior in the moment met through the people of God laying their hands and praying over you. He says, all of you, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of the righteous person is great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human just like you are. Pause. Are you a human? Yes. So the correlation works today. <laughs> Elijah was a human just like you are. And he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky went and sent down rain and the earth began to yield crops. Prayer is one of the ways we begin to invite the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of the world that we are living in. Whether we're suffering whether there's sickness, whether there's something that we need to give God praise for, or whether there's something sick of sin within us that we make confession of our sins so that we can be healed. Why? Because God is interested in your wholeness. He's interested physically being set right and experiencing the kingdom. He's interested in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions being made whole. And he's interested in your spirit being saved, rescued, healed, restored, forgiven, made right in him. Friends, when we approach and we connect with somebody who is sick, you can pray for them to be healed. What do we do? We pray and we ask in faith. We pray with boldness. But then we keep our eyes on the Savior, not on the symptoms. We invite the kingdom to come. And then we persevere until it happens. We keep following Jesus. We keep believing Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Not looking at this. Did it go away? 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 No, no. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who before 
before him was this joy and he endured until the end. Friends, keeping your eyes on Jesus in the midst of sickness and getting your eyes off the symptoms and onto the Savior is the way that we demonstrate our allegiance and faith until the end. That's what we do. That's what we do. And we participate in the process. We go and we ask for prayer. We confess and we repent of the sins that, that maybe we've, we've transgressed in the last week. We, we come before the Lord and we just keep our eyes on him and allow gratitude to happen. See, I believe that the prayer of faith is planting of the seed of healing in our lives. It's our gratitude that waters the seed and it's our obedience that shines the light of Jesus making faith grow so that we can receive the wholeness of the healing that he wants to bring. And we persevere. We persevere. We keep going. Friends, I believe that the wholeness that comes from healing, that is representative in healing, the wholeness, the, the toxic thinking that eventually gets renewed, the bitterness that gets washed in the love of God, the the tormenting anxiety that we need to no longer have afflicting our soul. There's a wholeness that Jesus wants to bring into your life. And that wholeness begins with a right relationship with God. Talked about Elijah being righteous. Doesn't mean that, it just means that he lived upright, honoring God. For us, New Testament believers, righteousness means that we've accepted the righteousness of Jesus as our righteousness. We've allowed his righteousness to be our right. We've put our faith in him and him alone as the savior of our life. So, So that when we are being ravaged by grief, we can receive the the healing oil of the presence of the Spirit to make soft and alive and whole again. Where we get to say, come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. You're working all things for the good. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. We bring everything that we're struggling with spiritually. We bring everything in our mind, our will, our emotions that seems out of alignment. We we bring everything physically that seems broken and fragmented in our life and in our world and in our bodies. We bring everything and we put it at the feet of the one who reigns above it all. And we fix our eyes on the Savior, not looking and fixating on the symptoms to go away. We fixate on the Savior, allowing faith to grow. Friends, they cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Mercy. Son of David. Son of David, the king. You're the king. It's your domain. It's your kingdom. King, 
have mercy on us. And the blindness that kept them from seeing Jesus clearly because of their faith was removed so they could see Jesus clearly. So they could see their Savior. I believe their faith that healed them was also a faith that saved them. Faith is what saves us, friends. Salvation is a process, much like healing. Much like the wholeness that you long for, it's a process. What, Pastor, what do you mean? I mean this. When we put our faith in Jesus spiritually, we are saved immediately from the penalty of sin through adoption, justification, and rebirth. Your soul, though, your mind, your will, your emotions are in the process of being saved from the pull of sin that exists in our world. The Bible calls that sanctification. And one day, your physical body will eventually be saved from the very presence of sin and sickness and evil in our world when Jesus recomes again, giving eternal life through the resurrection that we experience. Salvation, there are something that happens immediately in your spirit. There are some things that happen over time in your soul as you experience the, the, this freedom and the wholeness, mind, will, and emotions. And one day, friends, physically, we believe in the resurrection, which means we believe in the life of the world to come where sin and evil are vanquished forever. Friends, it's true. Sometimes people in right relationship with God still experience the impact of the fallen evil in our world. It's all through Scripture. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you're experiencing some stomach problems. Timothy was a pastor. He was a good man. He was following Jesus. He had a right relationship with God. But Timothy was still experiencing some sickness. Paul gave him some very practical things to do partner with God in the process of his own healing. Friends, there's, there's a process always. It's not so much about why we're sick. It's about how the Savior wants to come and be known to you in the midst where the kingdom of heaven is seen in your life. Would you stand as we come to the Lord's table today? And if you have the elements and follow Jesus and want to participate, man, I, we invite you to participate, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time. This is what we do as followers of Jesus. We come to the table. So if you would go ahead and open up the, the bread and get the bread out, then you can flip it over and you can open it up and get the juice out and hang on to those elements. And we'll all partake here in a minute. We've got some of our leaders and people moving to get in places to serve you. And so don't worry, you're still okay. You can hang tight right where you're at. Would you just close your eyes for a minute? And as we come to the table of the Lord, it's a moment where we get to come and just with our own hearts, come and make our own confession to the Lord. Are there things in your heart and your mind, things that you're carrying, things that you're worried about, things where maybe you transgressed the ways of God this week and you just know, I just need to confess to the Lord. I need to unload some of that which I am carrying at the table of the Lord today. I just need to lay some things at the feet of the cross. I need to lay some unforgiveness. I need to lay some grief. I need to lay some, some anxiety. I need to 
bring everything to the feet of Jesus this morning. Just right there in your own words, make that confession. Lord, sometimes we don't have the words, and so today, Lord, I just borrow the words from Scripture. And I say, Son of David, have mercy on me. Would your mercy come and heal the deep cuts in my soul? Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, God. Would you come and bring healing to the family members who are wrought with physical pain? Have mercy on us, O Lord. Lord, for those of us who have yet to put our faith in you and yet to experience the eye-opening realization of faith in you, God, would you have mercy on us today? We thank you that we have this bread which represents your body broken for us. And so, Lord, today we bring to you our brokenness in our world and in our life. And we ask for your wholeness today. And we take this as a demonstration of our faith in you, our Savior. Let's take the bread. And Lord, we stand here with this juice which represents your blood, your life source. And Lord, we don't have the ability to live this life on our own. And so we need you to fill us with your life, your forgiveness, your wholeness. And so, Lord, today we take this cup confessing and believing and asking for your mercy and your life to sustain us. Let's take the juice together. Father, today I pray for your people. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us and would you keep us you make your face shine on us and be gracious to, to us? Would you lift up your countenance and give us your peace, your wholeness, your shalom? Lord, that you would help us to love one another as you've loved us, bringing wholeness into relationships. You would help us to experience your wholeness as we pursue you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, giving our complete affection and devotion to you this week. And Lord, everywhere we go this week, would we be reminded that we are radically loved by you, our Savior. No matter the suffering or the symptoms, you're still the Savior. And we fix our eyes on you this week. We pray this in the name of the Father who loves us. In the name of the Son, Jesus, who died for us. In the name of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, we pray. And all the people of God said, Amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. 
If you're if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.